Hello again, and welcome to The Mystic Show. My name is Chris Curran, and today is actually October 1st, 2013. And I'm happy that you could join me this morning, or if you're listening from one of the archived podcasts, uh, it may be evening, afternoon, whenever it is, you may be walking for some exercise and listening to this show, which a lot of people do, apparently. So this is the show where we talk about a lot of different spiritual topics. We talk about meditation. We talk about mindfulness. We talk about all things unseen and otherworldly. And my wife really likes that little tagline (laughs) that I made there that I came up with. So we have a guest in the studio, actually. But before we get to our guest, well, first I have to tell you that our website is www.themysticshow.net. Themysticshow.net and our phone number is there as well. And you can call our show. The number is 973-498-8033. 973-498-8033. If you go to the website, all the information is there. We do the show live every weekday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Time. And then that morning's show is replayed in the evening at 8 p.m. and 1 a.m. Eastern Time. So if you missed the live one, you can catch the replay, or you can always access the podcast, which is the archived copy of the show, on the website. So we're going to get right into our book. And our book is Byways of Blessedness by James Allen. And he's the English mystic who um, who was alive more than a hundred years ago, and we're going to be on chapter eight. We just we reread the chapter on forgiveness yesterday on yesterday's show. That was very powerful. And today we're going to go to chapter eight, which is called "Seeing No Evil." Seeing no evil. And um, just a little note that I will be publishing this book, Byways of Blessedness, as part of a um, a volume on my uh, publishing company. So that is already in the works, and you'll be able to have an actual copy of this book byways of blessedness I think there's already some copies up on Amazon you can get um, but I have an idea to put a couple little extras in there as well so I'll announce that when it's ready but let's start chapter 8 seeing no evil from the book byways of blessedness by James Allen 
After much practice in forgiveness and having cultivated the spirit of forgiveness up to a certain point, knowledge of the actual nature of good and evil dawns upon the mind, and a man begins to understand how thoughts and motives are formed in the human heart, how they develop, and how they take birth in the form of actions. This marks the opening of a new vision in the mind, the commencement of a nobler, higher, diviner life. For the man now begins to perceive that there is no necessity to resist or resent the actions of others towards him, whatever those actions may be, and that all along his resentment has been caused by his own ignorance, and that his own bitterness of spirit is wrong. Having arrived thus far, he will take himself with some such questions as these. Why this continual retaliation and forgiveness? Why this tormenting anger against another, and then this repentance and forgiveness? Is not forgiveness the taking back of one's anger? The giving up of one's resentment? And if anger and resentment are good and necessary, why repent of them and give them up? If it is so beautiful, so sweet, so peaceful to get rid of all feelings of bitterness and to utterly and wholly forgive, would it not be still more beautiful and sweet and peaceful never to grow bitter at all? Never to know anger? Never to resent as evil the action of another? But always to live in the experience of that pure, calm, blissful love which is known when an act of forgiveness is done and all unruly passion towards another is put away. If another has done me wrong, is not my hatred towards him wrong? And can one wrong right another? Moreover, has he by his wrong really injured me, or has he injured himself? Am I not injured by my own wrong rather than by his? Why, then, do I grow angry? Why do I resent, retaliate, and engage in bitter thoughts? Is it not because my pride is piqued, or my vanity wounded, or my selfishness thwarted? Is it not because my blind animal passions are aroused and allowed to subdue my better nature? Seeing that I am hurt by another person's attitude towards me 
because of my own pride or vanity or ungoverned and unpurified passions, would it not be better to look to the wrong in myself rather than the wrong in another? To get rid of pride and vanity and passion and so avoid being hurt at all? By such self-questionings and their elucidation in the light of mild thoughts and dispassionate conduct, a man gradually overcoming passion and rising out of the ignorance which gave rise to passion will at last reach that blessed state in which he will cease to see evil in others and will dwell in universal goodwill and love and peace. Not that he will cease to see ignorance and folly. Not that he will cease to see suffering and sorrow and misery. Not that he will cease to distinguish between acts that are pure and impure, right and wrong. For, having put away passions and prejudice, he will see these things in full, clear light of knowledge, and exactly as they are. But he will cease to see anything, any evil power, in another which can do him injury, which he must violently oppose and strive to crush, and against which he must guard himself. Having arrived at a right understanding of evil by purging it away from his own heart, he sees that it is a thing that does not call for hatred and fear and resentment, but for consideration, compassion, and love. Shakespeare, through one of his characters, says, There is no darkness but ignorance. All evil is ignorance, is dense darkness of mind, and the removal of sin from one's mind is a coming out of darkness into spiritual light. Evil is the negation of good, just as darkness is the negation or absence of light. And what is there in negation to arouse anger or resentment? When night settles down upon the world, Who is so foolish as to rail at the darkness? The enlightened man, likewise, does not accuse or condemn the spiritual darkness in men's hearts, which is manifested in the form of sin, though by gentle reproof he may sometimes point out where the light lies. Now the ignorance to which I refer as evil, or as the source of evil, is twofold. There is wrongdoing 
which is committed without any knowledge of good and evil, and where there is no choice. This is unconscious wrongdoing. Then there is wrongdoing which is done in the knowledge that it ought not to be done. This is conscious wrongdoing. But both unconscious and conscious wrongdoing arise in the ignorance, that is, ignorance of the real nature and painful consequences of the wrongdoing. Why does a man continue to do certain things which he feels he ought not to do? If he knows that what he is doing is wrong, where lies the ignorance? He continues to do those things because his knowledge of them is incomplete. He only knows he ought not to do them by certain precepts without and qualms of consciousness within. But he does not fully and completely understand what he is doing. He knows that certain acts bring him immediate pleasure, and so, in spite of the troubled conscience which follows that pleasure, he continues to commit them. He is convinced that the pleasure is good and desirable, and therefore to be enjoyed. He does not know that pleasure and pain are one, but thinks he can have one without the other. He has no knowledge of the law which governs human actions, and never thinks of associating his sufferings with his own wrongdoing, but believes that they are caused by the wrongdoing of others, or are the mysterious dispensations of providence, and therefore not to be inquired into or understood. He is seeking happiness, and does those things which he believes will bring him most enjoyment but he acts in entire ignorance of the hidden and inevitable consequences which attach to his actions. Said a man to me once, who was the victim of a bad habit, I know the habit is a bad one, and that it does me more harm than good. I said, if you know that what you are doing is bad and harmful, why do you continue to do it? And he replied, Because it is pleasant, and I like it. This man, of course, did not really know that his habit was bad. He had been told that it was, and he thought he knew or believed it was, but in reality, he thought it was good, that it was conducive to his happiness and well-being, and therefore, he continued to practice it. When a man knows by experience that a thing is bad, 
and that every time he does it, he injures body or mind or both when his knowledge of that thing is so complete that he is acquainted with its whole train of baneful effects. Then he can not only do it any longer, he cannot even desire to do it. And even the pleasure that was formerly in that thing becomes painful. No man would put a venomous snake into his pocket because it is prettily colored. He knows that a deadly sting lurks in those beautiful markings. Nor, when a man knows the unavoidable pain and hurt which lie hidden in wrong thoughts and acts, does he continue to think and commit them. Even the immediate pleasure which formerly he greedily sought is gone from them. Their surface attractiveness has vanished. He is no longer ignorant concerning their true nature. He sees them as they are. All right, we'll take a quick little break here. That was pretty awesome. Thanks to uh, Shashank for this flute piece that is playing. I I actually saw him play live. Um, I think it was in Staten Island many years ago. I think about ten years ago. He um, he he didn't. It wasn't like a concert or anything. He was playing at a private event. Um, it was amazing. He's an amazing flute player, Shashank. So you're listening to The Mystic Show. Our website is themysticshow.net. And our phone number is there as well. You can give us a call. And in a few minutes, we're going to talk to our guest. I'm going to introduce her properly. And... um you can give us a call if you have any thoughts or ideas on on our topic of discussion. Go ahead and give us a call, and uh, you can ask us questions. Or if you're listening to the podcast, you're not listening live, you can always comment on the post or send us an email through the website. The website is themysticshow.net, and... Yeah, so I quickly wanted to just mention values here. Um, and by values, I mean life values. So each of us lives our life, and we each value 
certain things. You know, we value our family, we value our jobs, we value food, and we also value community. Um, And then these characteristics like cooperation, loyalty, security, wealth, balance, wisdom... And it's these values are so inculcated within us that we often don't think about them. In fact, the values are usually just directly inherited from our family and our culture. And one of the greatest exercises I've done in past seminars and and speaking engagements is to do a little values workshop and I actually have the list of values. Well, it's a list of values. It's not the list. I mean, there's certainly unlimited values, um, but I have a lot of sample, you know, values here. And what we do is we go through a um, process where You think about each value, you look at each one, and you sort of um, put them in order. So you kind of prioritize them into what, what is most valuable to you. And this is one of the most difficult processes you can do in it. And, and you most likely will not be able to do it in one sitting, but it's, it's phenomenally effective because um, the benefit of doing this, let's skip right to the benefit, right? The benefit of doing this is you start to understand yourself and you can look at yourself in a more clear light. You can sort of evaluate your own life and your own actions and you can see what are you really valuing. I mean, maybe you're Maybe you're making a big mistake. Maybe you're valuing um, your TV watching time more than your family or more than your children, right? That's kind of a, a, a blatant example of something that everyone would agree with, right? You should value your children more than your TV watching. I mean, that's that's kind of silly, right? We all agree with that. So there may be some of those blatant uh, incongruities in your life, or or there may be more subtle ones as well. But it's good because you can, like I said, evaluate yourself and think about what you're doing and where you're spending your time. You know, one of my mentors always said that, he said, show me your checkbook and your calendar, and I'll know what's important to you. Because it shows your values. So values are extremely important. And what I'm going to do is um, put this, I'm going to put this list of values on the post of this show. So if you're, if you're listening to the podcast from the webpage, themysticshow.net, at the bottom of the post, I'll put, I'll just list this sample list of values and you can um, 
check them out and, um, you know, try and find out which, you know, which five are most important to you, let's say, or 10 or three. But I got to tell you, the, the, if you try to pick your top three, that is going to be really difficult. Or maybe it'll be easy for you. Maybe you're so clear on your goals that it's easy. So one of the ways I just want to give a quick tip for um, prioritizing these values. So let's pick two off the list here in front of me. Let's pick um, recognition and creativity. All right, let's pick those two values, recognition and creativity. Now, which one is more, which one do you value more? That's the question. For some of you, it might be easy. Like for me, that's an easy one. It's my answer is creativity because I'm a creative person and I need to be creative and it just flows and that's good. And recognition, eh, I mean, it's okay, but I'm not, I'm not the kind of person who just does things to be recognized and to have my ego puffed up and all this stuff. So one of the easiest ways to, um, to choose which one is more important to you, which one you value more, is to play a little game. And basically you can say, um, what you do is you pretend like you can have one of these values, but you can cannot have the other one. So in our, in our scenario here, let's pretend that, again, I'll do it for myself, let's pretend that I can have recognition but I cannot have creativity. And when you put it that way, the answer is clearly no, no way. I can't live, you know, I don't want to live life like that. So let's put it the other way. I can have creativity, but with no recognition. Is that okay? Well, my answer is yes. Because again, I'm a, I just, I'm a creative person. So when you pose the when you put two values side by side and you ask the question that way you can have one but not the other is that okay and then switch it around you can have the other one but you can't have this one is that okay and if you do that little practice you can pretty quickly get a decent handle on what's really important to you and i think it goes without saying that you have to be honest with yourself <laughs> Um, I think sometimes we do exercises and we, we, we just say what we think is right, but maybe from what our culture says might be right. Kind of like what James Allen just said about the man who had the bad habit. He, he said it was bad, but he kept doing it because society said it was bad, but in his mind, he thinks it's good for him. So it's important to be honest with yourself, and I'll go ahead and um, I'll put this list up on the website, and and we can revisit the values worksheets and stuff as well um, on a future show. We can we can touch on it. I just wanted to bring it up because 
it's really a phenomenal exercise and you can really learn a lot about yourself and um, and of course this whole show is based on the fact that we're all on a spiritual journey and we all want to reach a spiritual goal and knowing more about ourselves seeing ourselves more clearly is is of the utmost importance so so check the show post page for this show this episode and um you can check out the values and, and leave a comment or, or if you think you have a better way to prioritize these for yourself, maybe you can share it with others and, and they can benefit as well. So we'll just take a quick break. Okay, thank you to A Perfect Circle. That's the name of that band. And the song is called Orestes. I think that's how you pronounce it. So welcome to The Mystic Show. Our website is themysticshow.net. And our phone number is there as well. You can give us a call. You may want to chime in on this next conversation because we have a guest here in studio, and I'm really happy to have her here. Um, I'd like to welcome Allison DeMarco to the show, and um, she's a marketing consultant and a, uh events manager, and she's also a blogger. <laughs> yes, so welcome to the Mystic Show. Good morning. Good morning. And you were one of those people who, who were out walking Listening to the show, right? That's what I do. That's what you I do? I listen to the Mystic Show while I'm <laughs> out for a walk. Nice. So we, you know, I should just tell folks that you and I host another show called Career Buzz Radio, and that's a great show for careers and, um, and people who are in transition, right, looking for other work. Right. And part of the reason you and I started to do that show is because you were are in transition I'm, I'm living it i am in transition <laughs> right you're living it so um it's actually a cool show that the website for that show is careerbuzzradio.com and we've had on some great guests but so as part of us doing that show one day i think we were just talking about the mystic show and we started talking about coincidence and then you made a remark to me which was, what was that? <laughs> I said that I don't believe that there are coincidences. That I, Yes, it is a defined word, and it's a word in the English language, but I don't believe that, that there's not, that things just happen, happenstance. Good. So this is the conversation we're going to get into, and... Mm -hmm. and I actually looked up a couple definitions. We both did a little we, bit of homework. We both did some homework <laughs> because when we came on here, we didn't want to, you know, just be babbling. So 
So this is a good question. Is there such thing as coincidence? And and let me uh, let me hand me that hand me those notes. Thank you. Um, coincidence. And by the way, this is a topic that I think is very relevant to this spiritual conversation because a lot of people they're almost very superstitious about the fact that oh it's a sign from the universe and right right. right. Right? People can get a little nutty with this. They can. Well, when I mentioned it to you, you you just looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> and um and I'm not I'm not sure how much we disagree. I think we probably agree more than we disagree, but mm. but we'll find that out, won't we? Yeah, and the other thing that we also know is that there's no way to really prove no. this oh, is, the, is there such thing as coincidence or synchronicity? I mean, is it real? Does it really exist? I don't think it can be argued to the end. There's no right or wrong. It's, I think it's what you believe and what you feel comfortable with. Right? So I'm, I'm, I, have my, I have at least one story in my life that seemed like to be more than coincidence, meaning something happened that um, you know, it just seemed like things came together magically, you might say. But I, I do, and, and I want to hear in your life as well, uh, any stories you have. But but let's start out with reading some definitions here okay. of coincidence. Mm-hmm. Coincidence, I looked this up online. It says, a striking occurrence of two or more events at one time, apparently by mere chance. And synonyms include accident, luck, and fate. Right, fate. That's mm-hmm. that's uh, a <laughs> that's a big topic too, right? Correct. Do you believe in fate? I do believe in fate. You do, and that makes sense because if you believe in fate, then there's no such thing as just a random coincidence. Correct. Ah, oh. I I I understand the definition of what a coincidence is. I don't believe that it's random. I believe that there is someone, something that is putting that in front of you at the time that you're ready to accept it. Now, that same situation could have been put in front of you six months prior to, a, you know, two hours prior to, but you're ready to accept that situation or that person and and it works and it's right and it fits. Right. So this is good. This brings up the next definition I looked at, which was synchronicity. And I'm just going to read the definition. Synchronicity, an apparently meaningful coincidence in time of two or more similar, similar or identical events that are causally unrelated. All right. Now, when I was doing my research, I found out that the the eminent psychologist Carl Jung, he talked about synchronicity, even wrote a book about synchronicity, and he started talking about this in 1920. And I, you know, his his argument was that, you know, he has the whole thing about the archetypes and everything, and mm-hmm. he thought that synchronicity was just something that um it was like a higher order of happenings that our mind can't even understand 
which is I guess similar to to what you're saying right. as well. And so then then there's this synchronism, that's a word, synchronism. And there one of the definitions of that, it says under psychoanalysis, the simultaneous occurrence of causally unrelated events and the belief that the simultaneity has meaning beyond mere coincidence. So you believe that there's some meaning in these things, right? Absolutely meaning. Absolutely. Um, and, I, and I think that they're put in front of you at the time when you're ready to accept them. And, and, it's, and it may be things that you've manifested and you didn't realize it. And it may be things that you've manifested consciously that you have thought, you know, I, I have this problem and I need, I need it fixed and, and I need to be open to what that answer is, whether I, whether I think it's the right answer or not. The answer is going to come to me and I need to be open to what that answer is. Mm. And it may not be the answer that you're looking for. <laughs> it, it, may be, it may not be the answer that, that, you, that you thought was the answer. Sometimes you get you have things put in front of you that are the solution to your problems, but it's not the solution that you wanted. Right. So then a lot of people can resist that or right. push it away, right? Mm-hmm. It's true. When it, it, it in reality it's a blessing that's gonna solve their problem, but because it's not what they thought it would be, they just disregard they it ignore or push it, it away. And they think I'm not getting the answer I want, things aren't <laughs> happening right, what's going on? And speaking of the job search and transition, I I think this is true there as well, right? I think maybe some people lose their jobs because there's something better for them. Exactly. They're, yeah. I mean, for me, you know, it's not something I wanted to happen. I wasn't looking for it, but really, it was a blessing. It really was an answer. And it was. And the day that I did get let go, my position was eliminated. I, the, on my drive into work, all seven minutes of it, I was thinking, I need to take action. This is not right for me. This is not, it's not working. It's not good. The chemistry's not right. So I was sort of on the same wavelength. I think they were just farther along than I was. Mm. But it really has, it's, it's been a, I hate to say it's been a wonderful experience. It's been an awesome journey. Mm. See that's and you're you're also learning from it. You have the attitude that you want to learn and move forward, and you're you have an open viewpoint. I think I, right? I I have learned to be open to things that I never ever thought would come my way. Right. And 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 that it took it took a while for me to get to that point. It was a, it was a long. It was a tough road for a while there, but I have learned to be very open and welcoming to things that I never thought I would do, I never thought I would be able to experience. And, um, and I, don't, I hate to say that I'm blessed because I really would like to be working, but I am working in a lot of different avenues and a lot of different venues. Hmm. Very good. So let, I want to just take a step back here because this show is, by the way, you're listening to The Mystic Show. Our website is themysticshow.net, and we are live every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on the Fractal Stream, which is a really cool radio station. <laughs> um, well, I think it's cool. It is cool. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so this show is all about the fact that we're all on a spiritual journey. So I, real quick, just take us back into your past and tell us, you know, how were you raised? Were you, what religion and or, or what? How how have you progressed on your own spiritual path? Uh, raised um, Protestant, first Congregationalist, and then um, Presbyterian because congregate there was not a Congregationalist option for me. Uh, went to church fairly regularly and Sunday school up until fifth grade, and got horses. <laughs> And stopped going to Sunday school because the horse shows and trail rides were on Sunday. <laughs> so your family got horses. We got horses, and and that was our our devotion was to the horses, and it was a wonderful family experience. Everyone was involved, my sister, my parents, and that was the end of the of Sunday school and organized religion. And then went to high school and had friends who were Catholic, so I would go to church with them and learn how to do all the blessings, and got married, and started to think of a family, and needed, I something was missing. I knew something was missing, and so I found a church, which was Presbyterian, and have been ever since. Mm. Done quite a bit of Bible study, um, and always, f- I feel that yes, there is a God, but there are possibly other beings out there as well. Mm. There's other spiritual guides, mystics that guide me through my life. It, it, I don't feel, even though I am religious, it's not just God out there for me. Mm. Well, God, you know that brings up a good point because I've found people when they use the word God, they sort of you can use it in different ways. Like, for instance, in in Hinduism in the in in India, um, there's like a zillion gods. Like there's one god of wealth, there's a god of this, but pretty much I think anyone who can get, you know, wrap their brain around spirituality just a little bit kind of realizes that all in all at the highest level, there's only one god. Like there's some ultimate thing. Correct. Yes. And that's clear and and all the religions talk about that one thing. And even if they say, "Oh, our god says this," It's not really your God. It's just God or whatever. There's that is. one main being, right? And you can call it whatever you want. I get it. Just probably depends on where, either where you are in your spiritual journey or where you are in your religious journey. What you call that one main being, right? And and it's interesting that um, <clears throat> you know when when people have that conception of God as the one overall God, there are maybe some beings or mystics or angels. They're just like a little bit below Correct. that, the overall God, right? Yes. Yeah. So I, in my in my mind, and from some of the readings that I've done, I, I just feel like, yes, he's there, and that's who I pray to, and that's who I ask for blessings from, but I feel like there, he may have partners uh, who right. make who make those things happen that some people like to call coincidences? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's I also uh, believe that. I mean, I and even even with my some of my relatives who um, who have passed on, you, you know, you can almost feel this little extra support from some other level. I, I can. 
That's a whole nother show. <laughs> is it? Really, it is. Right? Have you been to a psychic before or or a medium? No. No, I okay. have not. But I but I just read, you know, the one of the books we've been talking about on the show is The Holographic Universe by Michael Talbot and he talks about hypnosis. Okay. And and I've also read that the there's one great book called Many Lives, Many Masters and that book also is um through hypnosis these higher messages come out come through yeah, right come through they i think a lot of psychics or mediums will say you know when you feel that person who has passed on when you feel their presence and you feel that they are there with you that yes they are there with you when something happens and it makes you think of them that's them saying hey don't forget about me i'm here or do you remember that time when we did this that is actually them reaching back to you to either help you or just have a great happy memory for that moment mm. that's awesome so by the way i, wa- I do want to ask you about your bible study because that interests me very much but before i ask you that i just wanted to mention that initially when we talked about um, the topic of coincidence and synchronicity is you said you didn't believe in coincidence and I think I misunderstood what you meant by the word so I kind of was like no I do believe in coincidence and we thought oh this is nice we have a different point of view let's talk about it on the show but when you explain I, I think I took it the wrong way because I think I'm in I know I'm in agreement with you that right things are not just coincidence but it, it's just a word thing that I guess I messed up in my right. Mind. Maybe, maybe you weren't listening to me. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I need to listen to the previous episode. <laughs> yeah, no, there's so many. Uh, words. So there was a little. So we. So that's interesting because we did. We have debated this a couple of times previously, and and so that's interesting. That, but I, I did feel like we sort of believed the same thing. That maybe we just viewed it. We looked at it from different angles. So we do agree. Yeah, I I think. Well, it's okay. I mean, I think it's just the words, right? Well, what do you well what what have you ever had any experiences where you feel oh, that was a coincidence or that was something happening and things were lining up exactly the way they should have at that moment? Yeah, I've had many experiences where things just come together, things happen and it's it's like it's like you know, it's more than just uh, random. Let's put it okay. that way. All right. Yeah. Oh, lots of lots of things happen, and 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 it is my belief that when things do happen, they happen for a reason, and mostly I believe that's because of um, the way we live our lives. Our thoughts and our actions create results for us, and the universe is just like a big mirror, and when we act a certain way, the universe kind of gives us back that same thing in a way um so we sort of created ourselves in in the on the on a from a higher perspective i agree i and that sort of goes back to karma too giving out positive energy and getting back positive from that mirror i mean you always hear about these people oh poor susie poor susie poor sally oh they have such a hard life things are so bad for them and there are people who have had some unfortunate things happen, but I think a lot of times when you look at those people deeper and who they really are as human beings, they're not great people sometimes. 
and it's and they're just putting out negative energy and negative things and that's what they get back and it's also how they view the world they view everything as negative yes yeah, exactly. So before we, I want to talk to you about your Bible study. Don't okay. let me forget. All right, I won't. But one thing, when I was looking up coincidence and synchronicity, I also found serendipity. That is a great <laughs> word, serendipitous. Serendipity, and it means, and I, and I, and again, this is maybe I didn't know the meanings to these words. I'm glad I looked it up. Uh, serendipity means. An aptitude for making desirable discoveries by accident. So then, is serendipity like manifestation? It sounds very. It sounds similar because manifesting is just really having the power and the ability to get what you need, or and it's also having the ability to know that things are coming. Thinking of a person, the phone rings. It's them. Right. Yeah, and and I think with this serendipity, I think, uh, well, let me read the other definition. Good fortune, luck. And then there's a a sent that, you know, they give you the sample sentence. Yes. The serendipity of getting the first job she applied for. Isn't that funny? Was that really on there, or did you just add? It's right. It's right here. Let's I'm just tell you. Well, I have not been very serendipitous, <laughs> if that applies to me. Um, Wait a couple of days. Yep. Um, yeah. So it. I think it has to do with with like good luck or good fortune or just like you know, kind of tripping over things that are really great, like making wonderful discoveries when you didn't even expect to make a discovery type right. thing. Does that really happen though? Do you make discoveries without really? expecting them to happen absolutely i mean life life is going to give us what we have to get that's true so i mean you know you've found uh you've found five bucks in your pocket or 20 bucks in your jeans pocket after the wash or something i found a dime when i was running the other day (laughs) see did you did you picked it up did you expect to find a dime no no yeah but it was it up it was a dime I think it happens in science all the time. People, scientists, they research one problem, and then they find other things, solutions to other things. That's it's very true. That's how Velcro was created, I believe. Wasn't Velcro an accident? Oh, I don't know. We'll look that up for the next episode. So this is good. So let's talk about Bible study because I was also uh, raised in well. I was raised in the Catholic Church and studied a little bit of that as well, which I've talked about a little bit here. Um, but people always bring a different um, attitude to Bible study. Like some, like there's more the fanatical religious person who who probably doesn't even read the Bible that just says, "Oh, you know, God is this, Jesus is that," and and, and everyone else shut up. Then there's the person who actually reads and wants to learn and and i think the difference is one is a student and the other is not i think i think a lot of people in religion are very ritualistic and and they go to church because that's what they're supposed to do i always joke around saying that they think that you know in the end times there's going to be a checklist or a calendar you know an attendance list of when they didn't go and when they did go (laughs) to me that's very ritualistic you should 
you should be making an attempt, and we are human, if you believe in what the Bible says, and if that's what we're talking, you know, Bible study, if you believe what the Bible says, you should be making an effort to behave that way on a regular basis. It's not just every Sunday morning or every Saturday afternoon when you're in church you behave that way. You should walk out and continue to to behave like God and Jesus want you to. Now we're human. And so that's our big excuse when we mess up. That right. we're, hey, we're human and you ask for forgiveness. I in going to church felt that I needed more answers. I didn't understand what I was supposed to be doing and what some of the words said and so I started doing a Bible study. Right. And my kids were in Sunday school. I made my kids, all three of my kids go to Sunday school for 13 years. 13 years? Mm -hmm. 15 years. 15. From the time they were three and when they graduated high school they were done. And they, they powered through it. They really did but I wanted them to have that foundation. So the excuses of kids having sports and not going to Sunday school and being involved, for us, that or for me, that didn't work. Mm. So it was convenient for me to go to the adult Bible study while they were in Sunday school, so I didn't have to keep driving back and forth. And it was an amazing journey. It was, it was a real learning process for me. It always is. You're always on a religious journey. But it gave me the opportunity to really understand myself and other people and um, what God was asking of me. But with all that, I tend to be one of those people that question everything. Um, Do I think that Jesus walked on water? I don't know. It's really hard. I think he had special abilities, but we all have special abilities. So I, in Bible study, was tended to be the one that really said, are, are we really sure about that? And just because someone wrote that, I mean, man wrote Bible, the Bible. Yeah. And man likes to exaggerate, <laughs> to make a point. So I know a lot of people have an issue with that, but I do question a lot. When people say, well, who are the 10 people you want to have to come to a dinner? For me, Jesus is one of them, only because I want to pepper him with questions about, what, <laughs> here's the Bible, what exactly really happened in here? That's I love that because that, you know, walking on water and all the miracles, those are in my view, they end up becoming the superstition part of religion where people just believe it and they don't think about it. And I think the process of thinking about it and questioning, that's actually the learning process. That's how you bring this spiritual teaching or this religious teaching into your own life and become who you're supposed to become. Who you're supposed to, right. I mean... And do I care that Jesus walked on water or... No, I I care that he is my example. He's my example of, of, of a good person, someone who cared about the less fortunate. He was the one that was helping the lepers when, you know, lepers were... Um, excused from town, you know, couldn't live in the in the town, couldn't use the same water source that everybody else. So that's where the lesson really is. You know, there's all these parables and you have to dig deeper into the parable to get the meaning. It, you know, it's it's the parable of him walking on the water on water, but what's the point of all, what do you learn from that? Right. Maybe that you have the power to do things that you aren't don't really think that you can do. 
Yeah, and I actually, when it comes to the walking on water thing, I um, I always one of the things I thought was that you know when because I practice meditation, you know that. Yes. And one of the things is on a spiritual journey, we need to become lighter and lighter to be more like the divine. So in a way, walking on water is just being being so light that you you're you know it could be an analogy for it just being be. so light it could and, be and it could like be, divinity right it could be really more about the meditation and think about it like you want to be if you are light that means you probably most likely are in a good place you're happy you're content you know it's when we feel heavy and downtrodden that we have all that baggage that those bags that we're carrying around so it's symbolic yeah. that lightness kind of equates to greatness and or contentment yeah i wow i definitely agree with that and this is this is great we're actually just about out of time can you believe that no because we didn't i mean i was prepared to you know fight you tooth and nail about this uh, coincidence topic but it, it appears that we both feel the same way <laughs> Which is cool. So, and and I also had some really funny examples I found on the internet I wanted to talk about. So we may have to revisit this. Okay. Yeah. So this has been great. So thank you, Allison thank Demarco. You. This has been awesome. And folks can find you, uh, well, CareerBuzzRadio.com. That's the show that you and I do together. Uh, yes. And also your blog is called JoblessInNJ.com, and there'll be links to all this stuff on the show post for for you, the listener. You can easily find it on on the show website here, which is themysticshow.net. So this is great. Thanks again, Allison. Thank you. Yeah. So this is this is where we sign off. I think we had an interesting discussion with Allison for sure. Um, we're gonna have to have her back again. And for you, what are you gonna do today? What are you going to think today? What are you going to feel today? Well, there's almost infinite possibility. So keep thinking some of these higher thoughts during your day and maybe take a look at those values and, um, and continue to be a student and a mystic in training, as is what I like to call it. So thanks for listening, everybody, and keep shining.